بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه الحمد لله الذي خلق السماوات والأرض وجعل الظلمات والنور الحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده كتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا الحمد لله فاطر السماوات والأرض جاعل الملائكة رسلا أولي أجنحة مثنى وثلاث ورباع يزيد في الخلق ما يشاء وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صلِّ وسلِّم وبارِك على سيدنا محمدٍ وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن اقتفى أثرهم وسار على ضربهم إلى يوم الدين The respected brothers and sisters, assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Today's topic, as Brother Shafiq mentioned, Islam versus Iman and Ihsan this is a very important topic. Um, 15 centuries ago, a man came before an assembly just like this. He appeared and he came through a crowd just like this. And he seated at the head of the crowd in front of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 15 centuries ago that man was dressed in all white and nobody recognized him nobody had ever seen him no one from the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam recognized him and he sat right in front of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam knee to knee he supported his knees up against the knees of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and then he placed his hand on the thighs of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and that subhanallah happened in front of the Sahaba in front of the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam this is a very 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 unique incident and this is known to be the hadith of the hadith of what? The hadith of Jibreel alayhi salam. The hadith of Jibreel alayhi salam. Because if we want to talk about Islam, Iman and Ihsan, we already have its definition. It's very clear, so we have to stick to the text. And then, as I said, this hadith is known to be the most comprehensive hadith in the entire uh, seerah or the entire um, uh, sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam the hadith of Jibreel alayhi salam it is also known to be the mother of the sunnah or the foundation of the religion why this hadith is called the foundation of the religion or the mother of the sunnah because it touches upon every single aspect of the religion every single aspect of the religion it touches upon the deeds that are related to the external organs and also touches upon the deeds that are related to the heart so every single aspect of the religion of Islam actually has been covered in that beautiful hadith and according to Ibn Hajar rahimahullah he says that this incident took place 
before close to the death of the Prophet Some of the scholars of hadith said it happened after Hajjatul Wada' after the farewell Hajj. And it looks like it is as if the Prophet was summarizing his mission and his message, the entire message. He, he was about to depart for good, to leave for good. And subhanallah, he wanted just to review the message of Islam with the Sahaba. And the same way, that, what, this is what he did also in the farewell sermon, uh, the, the sermon of Al-Wada' Hajjatul Wada'. And subhanallah, the, you know that Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu is the one who reported this hadith, right? And he could easily say a man came to the Prophet sallallahu and he sat in front of him and he asked him, oh Muhammad, tell me about this and that. But what Umar has mentioned about that man is very interesting. It is as if this man attracted their complete attention. Very important here. Every single part of the hadith, every single point is so important because that man came to deliver the most important message of the religion of Islam. That's why he came in a very unique and special appearance, a special shape that attracted the complete attention of the Prophet, the companions of the Prophet sallallahu Part number one that Umar said when they were sitting with the Prophet sallallahu and just a man came a man came with extremely black hair and extremely white clothing. You think that this is not necessary. This is not, why do I have it? Doesn't matter. What does he look like? Now, but for the Sahaba was so important. Was so important. That man meaning that there were no traces of dirt upon him. He was so clean. He was so clean. It is as if the message is, Whenever you come to the house of Allah, whenever you come to, to seek knowledge, you must be in a good shape. You must take care of your appearance. You must dress what the best when you come to the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and especially when you are a student of knowledge. This is the message. The Prophet didn't say that, but this is the message. And then Umar radiallahu anhu said, nobody recognized him. He was not from the people of Medina. And then also there was no signs of a travel in him. Because if he's a Bedouin came from a desert, then you could easily tell that he, he will be disheveled, dusty, uh, looks tired. But that man was so fresh, subhanAllah, was so fresh. And none of the Sahaba actually recognized him. It is as if the companions of the Prophet ﷺ looked at each other. It is that they looked at each other and they had no idea who this man was. And then, subhanAllah, he sat right in front of the Prophet ﷺ. Another message is, you know, the closer to the teacher, the better. It's always better. That's why, subhanAllah, it's highly encouraged in the salah, in Jum'ah, to always be in the front row. Actually, you race with other people to be in the front row, to be next to the imam, to be next to the, 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 the teacher or the, uh, the, the, the scholar. And this is, subhanAllah, you will be able even to, to benefit more from him. 
So he, he sat right in front of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So knee to knee, he placed his hands on the thighs of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is actually you don't see it, you don't really sit in that manner, but the, the message behind it, he wanted to grab and to attract, to grab the attention of every single person. He wanted them to really listen attentively, open your eyes, something important is about to take place. That's the whole message. Then he started asking the Prophet questions are related to Islam. And then just to think about it this way. When a person asks a question, it implies that that person doesn't know the answer, right? This is yani when you say, Shaykh, I have a question for you. It means that you do not know the answer to this question. But if you ask me a question and then after I answer it, you say, oh, yes, yes, you're right. Then actually you were not asking, you were testing me. You were testing me. That's exact. If you say, yes, yes, you have spoken the truth, then it looks like you knew, you knew the answer, but you were testing me. And this is actually what Jibreel alayhi salam did. He asked, tell me about Islam. Tell me about Iman. Tell me about Ihsan. And every time, Sadaqt, you have spoken the truth, or you have spoken truthfully, and the Sahaba were listening. What is going on? Plus, subhanAllah, you are asking about something so important. You can't, by the way, get this knowledge from anyone. You are asking about a knowledge that comes only from a prophet. This is another thing. So if you ask me about Islam, and I tell you Islam is to uh, say la ilaha illallah, to establish a salah, I say, yes, you're right. It means that where you get this knowledge from? Number one, we do not know you. Number two, we do not know where you came from. Number three, you're asking some questions that no one has the answer for those questions but a prophet. This is subhanAllah so important. That's why the Sahaba Umar ibn al-Khattab, even before reporting the hadith, he first and foremost يعني, described that person to us. Why did he describe that person to us? Because he really attracted their attention. And that's why his description became part of, became part of the hadith. Then he started, tell me about Islam, tell me about Iman, tell me about Ihsan, and we all know the rest. So, now, what is Islam, what is Iman, what is Ihsan? What is Islam? Does anyone know what is Islam just in one sentence? Yes. Abiyan, what is Islam? That is true. MashaAllah, may Allah bless you. Submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you look at it, the question of Jibreel alayhi salam was not really about what they call it, the meaning, the, the literal meaning of the word Islam. That's why the Prophet did not give him the linguistic meaning of the word Islam. 
The Prophet ﷺ did not give what they call it a dictionary type definition. Islam is submission, Iman is belief, Ihsan is perfection, and that's it. No. Jibreel ﷺ was asking for something else. Jibreel ﷺ was asking what makes up Islam, what makes up Iman, what makes up Ihsan. What is it? Not just the, def the, the, the definition of Islam. Once you then Islam, yes, we all know complete submission to Allah Azza wa Jal, but the Prophet didn't say Islam is khudu', Iman is kada, and Ihsan is that. No. The Prophet answered in such a way what makes up Islam. So now the second question is besides submission to Allah, what does Islam mean? Huh? Negation of any other worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Beautiful. Anything else? A message of peace. That is true. Salam comes from the very same root of Islam. But also Islam means the outward practices of the religion. The outward practices of the religion. The external part of the religion, the external submission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, if you look at Islam and Iman, because it's very important to understand these two things. Islam is actually two things. Islam is two things. I mean, Iman is two things. Iman is in your heart. An iman is in your tongue. This is very important. Tongue and heart. Okay. This is very important. So there is what they call it two sides of it. So what's going on in your heart, I cannot see, I cannot hear, I cannot judge. Right? But what's going on your tongue, I can see, and I can judge, and I can hear. That's why Umar ibn al-Khattab, after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he told the Sahaba, no more wahy, no more revelation. At the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the only way to know if this person a true believer, a believer or a hypocrite, it was through revelation from Allah azza wa jal because you don't have access to any person's heart, right? When the Prophet وسلم, passed away, Umar said, whoever shows us good, will assume that he's good. And whoever shows us evil, will assume that he's evil. Now, subhanAllah, so now, what you see, what's on the tongue, you can hear, you can judge. Now, sometimes, what comes out of my tongue is not connected with what is in my heart. And sometimes what comes out of my tongue is connected with my heart. Right? Okay. Islam, the main difference between Islam and Iman, Islam, either you have it or you don't have it. There is no 50-50 Muslim. Right? Very important. There is no in-between. 
Understand, there is no in-between. Islam, either you have it or you don't have it. You are a Muslim or not Muslim. There is no, I'm gonna have Islam. No. But Islam is complete. Iman is completely different. Iman is completely different. So the meaning of Islam, either you have it or you don't have it. What they call it, black and white. But when it comes to Iman, you can think of it as water inside a container. Sometimes it's full, sometimes it's empty, sometimes it's a little bit dirty that you need to clean it up. Some, then it goes up and down. It goes up and down. This is the main difference between Iman and Islam. When you look at Islam, Islam is what? Islam is the external practices of the religion. And then there is no in-between whether you are Muslim because the meaning of the word Islam is complete submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if you say La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. That's why just by saying the shahada, you became Muslim without even performing a single prayer. Once you say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, by definition you are Muslim. But you're not mu'min yet. The tribe of Banu Tamim, when they came to the Prophet ﷺ, once they said, La ilaha illallah, they said, we have become believers. The Prophet ﷺ said, no, you have submitted. Iman has not entered your heart yet. So once you say, La ilaha illa Muhammad Rasulullah, that's Muslim. You're a Muslim. Believer, when you act upon La ilaha illa Muhammad Rasulullah, when you implement La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. That's why Iman goes up and down. Iman is not fixed. Iman goes up and down. Iman is not just a superficial idea. Yes, I do believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's it. Everything has a reality to it. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one day was sitting with his companions and then he said, he asked one of them, he said, كَيْفَ asbahat? How have you woken this morning? The man said, Ya Rasulullah, I woke as a true believer. I woke up as a true believer. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Everything has a reality. What is the reality of your faith? What is the haqiqah of your iman? How did you decide that you, you, you woke up like as a true believer? And the man, mashallah, gave a beautiful list of things. And the Prophet ﷺ at the end said, عَرَفْتَ فَلْزَمْ You know, then, steadfast in that. You know, steadfast in that. So the point is that Iman goes up and down, goes up and down. And this is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because there are so many ways to please Allah azza wa jal and also there are so many avenues to come close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-Imanu bid'un wa sab'oona shu'ba. Iman is some 70 odd branches. The highest of it is la ilaha illallah. And the, the, the lowest of it is removing something harmful from the path. And even haya is part of faith. 
And this is a ni'mah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because sometimes this act of worship is difficult for so many people but easy for others and this easy for others different than subhanallah the Prophet just the fact that you, you remove a rock from the wood your iman goes up like a few drops you do something good you feel and, and you can every single person has experienced this Right? Iman goes up and down, increases and decreases. Sometimes you sit and subhanallah, you feel like the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you, you feel like your Iman is so high. And once you go home and you sit with the family and you see your friends and you go back to work and the, the, the worldly affairs are in, engulfing you, that feeling, that strong feeling of Iman is not there anymore. And this is very, very normal. Even it happened with the companions of the Prophet wasallam. That Abu Bakr, when they met Hanzala, and he said, Ya Hanzala, how are you doing? And Hanzala said, Hanzala have committed hypocrisy or became a hypocrite. And Abu Bakr said, what are you talking about? What happened? He said when we sit with the Prophet وسلم, and he reminds us of Jannah and Nar and the last day and this and that, we feel like we see it in front of our own eyes once we go back to our daily affairs and family, friends, children, spouses, we do not really feel the same thing. And Abu Bakr said, by Allah, I, 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 I had experienced the same thing. And both of them went to the Prophet sallallahu to express their concern. So the point is that Iman goes up and down. Iman increases by acts of obedience and decreases by acts of disobedience. It goes up and down. It's not fixed. That's why you have to maintain it. You have to take care of it. Yeah, because why you need to maintain that? Because every single person is going to be given light on judgment day according to their level of faith. Not according to their level of Islam. Every single person will be given a light on judgment day according to their level of faith, according to their level of Iman. Some people will be able to see 700 years in front of them over the Sirat. Some people, the light, their light will come and go. Come and go. Some people will pass like them. That faith, that man will turn into light on the day of resurrection. That's why Allah says, It's a very important to maintain it. Because if you don't take care of it, and if you do not fill up your heart all the time, then that iman started what? depleting. It starts to, to disappear, to goes down. So you have to be very careful, insha'Allah ta'ala. And this is the main thing between Iman and Islam. Listen, once you say la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, by definition, you are Muslim even if you don't act upon it. Even if you don't act upon it, you're Muslim. You're Muslim. And this is, will be... Yani, but at the end, you will be in Jannah and your matter is up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive or to punish. By la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, you're Muslim. There is no such a thing that uh, my Islam goes up and down. By saying la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, you're Muslim. 
but the Iman is the thing that goes up and down, increases and decreases. And that's why, subhanAllah, is Iman is very important. It's Iman by the, the heart, tongue, and physical actions. These two things are very important. You have to have Iman in your heart, and then number two, you have to act upon it, and then also number three, you have to show your, your Iman. Iman by the heart, tongue, and physical actions. Okay, fine. So now, it's, now, we're, now you, you understand that Iman or Islam versus, eh, versus Iman. This is in the hadith of the Prophet Most of the time when you look at the, when you look at even the six articles of faith, it's actually related to the heart. Like believe in Allah, angels, the last day, the, 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 the divine decree, and this and that. It's, it's, it's related to the heart. Most of its actions are related to the heart. But the, 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 the pillars of Islam, these are the signs of your Iman. If somebody sees you praying, this is a sign that you are Muslim. If somebody sees you fasting, this is a sign that you are Muslim. If you say, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah, this is a sign of your, of your Islam. Right? But Iman, both. It is in the heart, the tongue, and actually you have to live by it, you have to act upon it, and this is the, what they call it, the physical actions. Very important that this is what the Quran says. Once you act upon your faith, then you have Iman. And again, Iman is something that nobody can judge but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if someone, the Prophet said, or the Quran says, Yeah. Even if somebody says, Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and you never saw this person before, you never saw it before, you don't say, oh, that person I never saw, maybe yeah, he's Muslim, but I don't think he's not a believer. No. What Allah says, even the one who says, Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah, don't say he's not a believer. Because by definition, if somebody has Islam, definitely they have some amount of Iman in their hearts. So you cannot judge anyone whatsoever. This matter is up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the hadith of Jibreel, he asked him about Ihsan. Islam is number one. And then what is higher than Islam is Iman. And what is higher than Iman is Ihsan. Ihsan is defined as the highest level of Iman is defined as the highest level of Iman. What is Ihsan? There are two different levels of Ihsan. Two different levels of Ihsan. The Prophet wasallam was asked, tell me about Ihsan. And he said, it is that you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you see him and if you do not see him, know that he sees you. Which level is higher than the other one? To worship Allah as if you see him? Or the second one? Huh? 
again because there are two different levels of awareness at which a believer may be worship Allah as if you see him but if you can't achieve this level that is exactly what he said the Prophet and if you do not see him meaning meaning what if you don't see him meaning if you do not achieve this level if you're not able to reach this point then at least strive for the second level of ihsan the second level of ihsan is what then if know that if you don't see him that he sees you the first level is higher than the second level the first level is called in the in the sharia mushahada personal witnessing but the second one is muraqaba is muraqaba muraqaba is like the one who's being watched this is muraqab mushahada is a higher level than muraqaba when you worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you see him look at this hadith of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa you know there are angels their job some angels their job is to look for those who celebrate the the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala celebrate the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's their job a group of angels were commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to just to go about and look for those who celebrate the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's their job until judgment day so they go and they look for those who celebrate the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then when they find a group of people they call upon each other they call each other come we found what we're looking for and the prophet وسلم, said they encircle them with their wings up to the sky and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks them what did my servants do and the angels will reply they are praising you glorifying you and this and that declaring your your perfection and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows he says did they see me subhanallah did they see me the angels will say la wallahi by Allah they did not see you they didn't see you and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say how would it have been if they saw me and the angels will say if they saw you then they would worship you more devoutly they would celebrate your glory more deeply and they would even declare your your perfection your freedom from any resemblance whatsoever so look they said what if they saw you then they would even worship you more devoutly and celebrate your glory more deeply that means when when you have that because the the meaning of ihsan the meaning of ihsan they said by the way ihsan is seen within the islamic framework as the highest level 
of human possibility. This is the highest level of human possibility. Now when you will say your actions are no longer checked by what they call it external social mechanism. No, there is an eternal mechanism that is working within the human psyche that is preventing that person from doing anything that displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the meaning of Ihsan. When you reach the level of Ihsan, basically you don't care about people anymore because again your actions are no longer checked by external social mechanism. The level of Ihsan, no matter where you go, you will try to do every single act of worship in the best way possible whatsoever. This is the level of Ihsan. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُ الْحُسْنَ وَزِيَادَةً For those who Ahsan reach that level of, of, of Ihsan, Al-Husna, paradise, and something more than that. We'll give them something more than that. Actually, based on, the, based on this uh, ayah, many of the scholars of tafsir, they said, the ru'ya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not for every single person in, the, in, in, in paradise. Meaning, yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the, the ultimate bliss, is to see Allah azza wa jal. But based, this is Allah knows best, yani from the text or from the Quran, it shows that all, all the inhabitants of paradise, will be blessed by looking at the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But some other scholars said, this ayah, it looks like only for the people of Ihsan, and Allah knows best. But the point is that the extra that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to give them, the ziyada, Ibn Abbas said, this ziyada, meaning more and more, looking at the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is, as I said, this is the ultimate na'im in Jannah. This is the highest, the highest yani, rank in paradise is to look at the face of the most, of the most merciful. So the mean now you have two levels of Ihsan. Ihsan number one is whatever you do, you, what they call it, you are an individual who's in the divine presence. In a sense, I want to take this uh, divine presence in a sense that you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in front of you. You do not really see Allah azza wa jal, but you act as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in front of you. And when you behave in that way, subhanallah, it will have a great impact, a great effect on every single act of worship you do. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, if you do not reach that level, at least strive for the second level. And I gave that example before, the Ihsan is like, you know, when you are at work, and then the boss is sitting right in front of you, right? So you work with him within the same office, right next to him, he's in front of you. And then just to think about it, and you know that he's observing, he's watching, he's looking. Okay then definitely this level, yes. You're gonna try your best to avoid any mistake. You will try every way possible to please him, to, to even do more than what is required of you. What if he's not there, but in the same office, within the same office, there is a camera right at, on top of you. And that boss or the manager is sitting in a different room. Does he still have access to you? Yes. 
But of course, yes, when he's in front of you, you know that you can mess up. But maybe over there, you might think, yeah, maybe he's busy right now. Maybe he's working. He's not going to keep looking at the camera 24-7. So the level of ibadah, definitely, without a doubt, will go a little bit down. That's why the scholars of the ulama said, the first level of ihsan is the highest level. It is the highest level of Iman, and it is part of Iman. It is part of Iman, but this is, as we said, when you act in a way that, subhanAllah, this is, by the way, you, it doesn't mean that you will become sinless. It doesn't mean that perfection belongs to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you will always strive for the best. That's all. You will always strive for the best. At the end of the day, yes, you will have some shortcomings, some mistakes, but you always strive for the best. You always aim high in each and everything you do. And Ihsan, not only with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but also with the creation of Allah azza wa The ulama said, Ihsan is to respond to a good, or a, a good deed or a, a good act with even more kindness and to respond to evil with forgiveness. That's why every single Friday at the end of the khutbah, he says, Inna Allaha ya'muru bil'adil wal-ihsan. Bil'adil wal-ihsan. Al-ihsan, al-adil is your right. Is your right. Adil is to, for example, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, wa jaza'u sayyi'ah, Say, يعني, like uh, an eye for an eye. That's adil, and that is your right. But ihsan goes beyond what? Goes beyond adil. When you, subhanallah, that you have the right to take revenge, and then out of love for Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, you let it go. This is the meaning of ihsan. You do what is more, yeah, more than what is required of you. This is the meaning of Ihsan. It's not simply you do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded. Not only you do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded, you go beyond that. As I told you before, if you, that man came to the Prophet sallallahu one day, and subhanallah, uh, uh, the Bedouins or the Arab, uh, the Sahaba said actually we used to wait for them. Because they used to ask a beautiful question. Sometimes, and you know, Al-A'rab, they were kind of away from people, so their, their personality were completely tougher than other people. They come, oh, Prophet of Allah, just me, tell me something, that if I do it, I will go to Jannah. Give me the bottom line. I need something comprehensive, and that's it. And the Prophet Sallallahu one time just, he gave, okay, uh, to establish a salah, to give a zakah, this, the five pillars of Islam. The man said, by the one who has sent you with the truth, I will not do more than this. And I will not actually take anything away from it, but I will do it. The Prophet said, if he is truthful, then he will succeed. That man is doing what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made obligatory upon him. Some people, they said, no, I want to do more. They do not only, for example, fast Ramadan, they go beyond that. Out of love, I do not have to do it. I do not have to do it. And if you do not do it, you will not be punished for it. But you know what? I want to do it. 
seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this is what the Prophet in the Qudsi hadith Allah says, and my servant continues to draw near to me until I love him by performing the voluntary acts of worship. So now you have Islam is la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. Even without practicing, let's be clear, without practicing, but what, what does it mean to be a Muslim? To show complete submission to the will of Allah Azza wa Jal. Meaning, you accept everything that came from Allah Azza wa Jal. You know, I told you before that some people, for example, for some reason they cannot do a sunnah or perform a sunnah or follow that sunnah. And then, but they honor it, they respect it, they show respect to those who do that sunnah. But for some reason they don't practice it. Others, they do not do the sunnah, but at the same time they mock others. They mocked others, right? That's subhanAllah. So meaning showing complete respect and submission to whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has obligated. This is Islam. And then once you act upon that, you put it into practice. That is Iman. And then once you strive for perfection, you do every single act of worship in the best way possible, then insha'Allah ta'ala, then as if you see Allah Azza wa Jal, then this is the level of Ihsan. And let me end up with this so we can have some time for, for uh, questions. Is it quantity over quality or quality over quantity? Huh? Quality over quantity. Yani pay a great deal of attention to the correctness of the deed more than the performance of the deed. Again, pay a great deal of attention to the correctness of the deed more than the performance of the deed. It's not just, I'm doing this and this and that. No. I told you before, mashallah, during the month of Ramadan, we have some people finish the Quran four or five times. It's during the month of Ramadan, it's a blessing. And you have some person, maybe during the entire month of Ramadan, recited Surah Al-Baqarah, but with reflection, contemplation. Islam cares more about quality, not quantity. You try your best to do it in the best way possible. You try your best to do it in the best way possible. And the Prophet said in the hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prescribed ihsan in all matters. In all matters. Everything. Inna allaha katabal ihsana fi kulli shayt. Is to show ihsan. In everything you do. In everything you do, you show ihsan. Even when you slaughter an animal, even the Prophet said, when you kill, kill in the best way possible. When you kill, kill in the best way possible. This is the meaning of Ihsan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves Al-Muhsineen. You will not find a single ayah in the Quran that says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ أَسْلَمُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ What does Allah say in the Quran? إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا آمَنُوا 
those who have believed those who have believed and then وَعَمِلُوا and they, they act righteously they act upon their faith right because when a man came to one of the scholars Wahb ibn Munabba and he said isn't it the testimony of faith is the key to paradise is it the testimony of faith is the key to Jannah? La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. He said yes. But every key has bridges. And if you have, if you come with the key that has the right bridges, then the door will be open for you. But if you come with the wrong key, you cannot open the door. And the bridges the key is la ilaha illallah and its ridges is what is the obligatory acts of worship is the obligatory acts of worship people say for example faith is in the heart and that's it faith is in the heart that is true but the heart is not enough if you do not show it into practice it's like like a father tells his son all the time i love you I love you my son, I love you my dear and he's not doing anything for his son yes that is true you love him but you have to put this into, into practice you have to show it and this is the meaning of Iman tongue, heart and physical action and inshallah ta'ala one of, the, 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 one of the, the characteristics of the true believers right is what you always strive for the best and alhamdulillah in the book of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us if if you want to know for example how do how do i become a good believer the quran is so clear about many men there are so many passages in the quran hundreds of ayat in the quran talk about the qualities of the believers like for example the first passage of Surah Al-Mu'minun is an amazing passage. The last passage of Surah Al-Furqan. You read that and you act upon it. You try your best. Sometimes you cannot do each and every one of them. But again, you strive for the best. And inshallah ta'ala, seek Allah's forgiveness for your shortcomings. Okay, so now you have Islam, you have Iman, and you have Ihsan. Islam is the very basic. Now you, that's, this is not, shouldn't be the goal of anyone. Shouldn't be the goal of anyone, right? And then number two, Iman. And then number three, Ihsan. And try your best, inshaAllah ta'ala, to be from the Muhsineen. Because when you are from the Muhsineen, what is gonna happen is that your actions in private will be even better than your actions in public. Your actions in private will be better than your actions in, in public. Because you know what? You're working as you're acting as if you see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So no matter where you go, you will feel the presence of Allah azza wa jal. And once you feel the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is subhanallah, it's a blessing from Allah azza wa jal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those who are muhsinun, Allahumma ameen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those who worship Allah as if they see him and if we cannot see him
He makes us among those who worship knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees them. Allahumma ameen. Barakallahu feekum. Wa jazakumullahu khayraan.